Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Rewind. It is done. It is finished. And hopefully, you are ready to hoist that trophy. It is the Week 16 edition of Fantasy Football Rewind, the championship edition. We'll tell you who the Fantasy Football Super Bowl MVPs were for 2016. And here to do that, I am Scott Engel, the managing director of rotoexperts.com. I am the king. I am fantasy. And with my good friend, the Fantasy Taz, Man who helped guide a lot of people to fantasy championships this year, Jim Day. Jim, how are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing great, Scotty. Another wicked day of uh, football out there. Some great games, some great finishes. Just a lot to talk about. Heck of a lot to talk about, including what a climactic end to the Pittsburgh-New Orleans game. And if you didn't have anybody going out going on Monday night, And your opponent didn't, and I I imagine these people are in the minority, but there's somebody out there that's in pain who probably lost his fantasy championship on a Juju Smith-Schuster fumble. Well, he had a great game up until that fumble. So, you know, the fact that he went out there and played hurt and had a great game, it's so hard to, you know, blame it on on one fumble. But, man, it was a key play in this game, no doubt. Well, the timing is certainly not good if it came down to that. And uh, fantasy MVP, if for for some people, if they rolled him out today, he's had a disappointing fantasy season. But if you drafted him early in the summer and you survived to this point despite the disappointing play, Aaron Rodgers was the best fantasy player of Week 16. Uh, 442 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, five Rushes for 32 yards and two touchdowns in a comeback win against the Jets, uh, in which the game had no playoff implications whatsoever. This was easily his best fantasy game of the season. He had not, coming in, he had not cracked 20 fantasy points in three of his first four games. And this season, he only only had a, he, he didn't throw three touchdown passes since week five. So despite the ending, and a lot of people who had Aaron Rodgers didn't make it to their fantasy finals, despite the ending, people are going to be drafting him with some skepticism next year. He came through with some of that old Rodgers magic when we didn't even know if he was going to play early in the week. And, it, you know, he came out and was cold to start the game. I mean, uh, right off the bat, he was very 
missed a couple open guys, didn't get anything going in the beginning. Uh, took him a little while to get going, but then when he went going, he, he got crazy and, you know, ended up having this great game. Unfortunately for fantasy owners, there probably weren't a lot of people out there starting him this week just because he has been playing so bad. Uh, so it, a lot of this was wasted. Yeah, well, for some people, though, you know, nothing's absolute. Somebody probably just lost a game on a Juju Smith-Schuster fumble, but somebody probably won it with Aaron Rodgers because they started over over Phillip Rivers. It was that old Rodgers magic in the end, but we didn't see enough of it this year. What's, what round do you think Aaron Rodgers will, will – what, what do you think his ADP will be next year? What round? Uh, I still think he goes earlier than a lot of other quarterbacks just based on his history and how good he really is. Uh, so, I, I, But I don't think he goes as early as we've been seeing him. So I'm going to guess probably somewhere in the seventh, eighth round next year. Now, so many times in fantasy, we talk about the guys who defy expectations or the guys who are disappointments, and we do it passionately. The guys, I think we had this conversation uh, on a morning show late in the season about how some guys we don't talk about just because they meet expectations. And it's almost like boring. But then in the end, you know those guys are going to be there. And if you drafted Antonio Brown in the top five this year, you got exactly what you wanted. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of players didn't perform from the summer until the final fantasy game of the season like we they sure we expected to, but Antonio Brown was Mr. Reliable, and in the fantasy Super Bowl, he was an MVP for a lot of people with 13 catches, 166 yards, and two touchdowns. And you know, this is what you expect from Antonio Brown. This is why you don't hear fantasy analysts talking about Antonio Brown all the time because this is what we expect. He came through in a major way when fantasy owners really needed him. Absolutely. is. This was a big game. You know, uh, a lot of people were worried about Ben on the road against this New Orleans team who's been playing some great defense, but this was a very important game for Pittsburgh. And, you know, Ben came strapping and so did Brown. He had just uh, 19 targets on the day, caught 14 of them. You, you got to love that kind of game out of him. And, you know, like you say, week 16, people, a lot of people were very happy with that performance. Unfortunately, the Steelers not winning against the Saints – and this was a team a few weeks ago where we were wondering if they were going to be a number one seed. And then they lost three in a row, but then they beat the Patriots. But now they have to win next week and hope for some help in order to get into the playoffs. Right now, yeah, this was, right uh, now they're the outside looking in. Right now they're number eight overall behind Tennessee in the AFC. Yeah, they absolutely need to win next week. Uh, they, they need the Ravens to lose uh, so it, it's going to be a crazy, uh, a crazy week seventeen. There's there's a lot on the line for a few teams. Uh, you know, you know, some big games turned some stuff around today. The Philly game uh, against Houston was huge, and Philly keeping themselves alive and you know hurting Houston's chances uh, of winning that division. That you know they're still there, but you know it, it's if they lose next week, uh, they could lose that division as well. Deshaun Watson, uh, we, all throughout this year, the, the upside really wasn't there for where people drafted him. I saw Deshaun Watson go as early as the second round in some drafts. Now, he had that, that wonderful game against Miami in Week 8, but there wasn't a lot of upside. It, you know, we, we saw 
almost a 30-point game in, in Week 12. We saw some flashes of, of the upside. But coming into this last week, he had two games where he didn't crack 20 points, and it was 22 the last week. But he, he really tried to carry this team on his back against Philadelphia today when they really needed this game. And even though they lost, they did clinch a playoff berth. And Deshaun Watson did everything that he could to help this team win, throwing for 339 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and rushing for eight carries for 49 yards and two touchdowns. Deshaun Watson didn't live, live up to the hype all season, but he certainly did in Week 16. Yeah, huge game from him. Unfortunately, their defense just could not stop Nick Foles at all, who just literally went off. Um, it just a crazy game. Uh, a good game right down to the finish, and that's what you want to see, especially in this week, week 16, uh, fantasy owners. A lot of fantasy you know, goodness to go around. But, uh, yeah, Watson had a great game just coming up just a little bit too short. Yeah. And uh, what do you think Watson's ADP is going to be next year? You think it'll be higher than, than Rodgers? No, I, I don't think so. I think uh, a lot of people are, you know, a lot of the big-name quarterbacks just didn't really have that greatest season that, you know, we're looking at, uh, you know, I, I see Mahomes is absolutely going to go early. Like your article, you know, the speculation that people are going to take him in the first round is very possibly, you know, true with the season he's having. He's out pretty much on lock to get 50 touchdowns, I would imagine. Uh, all he needs is five uh, in the last two games. So, you know, this is a, it, this was a season for the ages for him. And, you know, he'll definitely be up there. But outside of that, it's going to be iffy on how soon the quarterbacks go after him. Zach Ertz with a rebound game. A lot of people were worried about him coming into this last week after two single-figure performances. But this is why you keep a superstar like this in your lineup because he bounces back to the tune of 12 catches for 110 yards and two touchdowns. Just when you worry about him, he has his second-best game of the season. Yeah, huge. Another 16-target game for him, you know, taking in 12 of them. Uh, just a huge part of this offense once again. And, you know, again, we'll talk about him in a second. But Nick Foles, I I mean, look, let, let's say they come back next week, they win, they get in the playoffs. Even if he wins a couple of playoff games, man, I, I don't think you can't have a quarterback controversy next year in Philly because Wentz wasn't doing anything. He wasn't getting the job done in any way, shape, or form, and all of a sudden Foles comes back in and is, you know, doing this, you know, putting up these kind of games, winning this important game. Um, you know, the legend is going to be strong if he gets them back into the playoffs. Yeah, and Foles, uh, a fantasy Super Bowl hero, if you roll them out there today with 471 passing yards, four touchdowns, and one interception, Super Bowl hero for the Eagles last year, especially in a two-quarterback league, Super Bowl here for fantasy players this year as well. Yeah, he did also have a fumble, which kind of muted his numbers a little bit when you look at that 471. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, it, with the interception and the fumble, it might be by four. Uh, but I, when you look at the 471 and four, uh, you, you know, you're still looking at Aaron Rodgers with almost 15 points more than he did. I don't think anything was muted with falls. He scored almost 31 points. I didn't. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, Scott, go ahead. I, I'm just. I don't understand your point. 
I, I'm saying the, I, the game would have been, you know, it could have been a little better for him even without those turnovers. That's all. Simple point. Oh, okay. But uh, I don't think anybody expected 30.9 points from Nick Foles anyway. Um, Kyle Rudolph, somebody we didn't we didn't expect uh, expect something from either. You know, this guy has been had been playing absolutely terrible. He had one double figure PPR performance uh, dating back to week four, and then hail mary part of it today. Where did this come from? Nine catches for 122 yards and two touchdowns. We've been waiting for that all season. Yeah, on nine targets, so he caught all his all of his targets. Uh, you know, again. Unfortunately, again, on everybody's bench because of the season he's had. So for fantasy purposes, this was a wasted game. So thank you for that, Kyle, Um, after having just a lousy season come out big in in this game and just, you know, just drive the screw in just a little bit further to all your fantasy owners. Pretty much. You know, uh, if you drafted him, I think a lot of people cut him a long time ago. And just didn't have in the lineup for this kind of performance. All right, let's move on to Christian McCaffrey. Uh, quarterback change doesn't matter. 178 yards uh, from scrimmage and uh, and 12 catches. Do you think Christian McCaffrey will be the number one overall pick in some fantasy leagues next year? And uh, I, I think the answer is obvious. I just want to hear from your words. And would you take Christian McCaffrey number one overall? No, I wouldn't. I, I I think he's in the top five discussion easily. But I mean, when you got Barkley in there, you got Gurley in there, uh, Kamara in there. You know, you you got some good guys in that top five selection. Sure, I mean, somebody might take like him so much that they want him number one. I'm not going to say it won't happen. Uh, we we've seen all that kind of stuff happen every year. But uh, I I just think uh, I don't think it's going to be consistently number one. But I definitely think he's in the top five. Yeah, well it, well, it remains to be seen whether he's going to continue to be the entire offense for the Panthers or not. True. I, I mean, but at this point, you can only go by what you know. And right now, all we know is the kid is having a monster year. I mean, uh, he broke the the record for uh, receptions, I believe, today um, for running back. Yes, backs. for running back, yes. Yeah, okay, so, I, uh, I mean, big, big, big year. Yeah, Robbie Anderson with a strong finish to the season. Very popular daily play today. Nine catches for 140 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Sam Darnold has proved his, improved his play down the stretch. Uh, in each of the last three games, Anderson improved his yardage and scored in each of the past three games and scored 16 total, uh, caught 16 total passes after we saw him really, really slump from week six to week 13. Anderson bounced back, but what can we expect from him next year? We were all hot on him going into – a lot of us were hot on him going into next year. He finished strong last year and then didn't, didn't come out of the gate strong. What does the future hold for Robbie Anderson in your estimation? I think he's in for a solid year last year. I think a lot of it this year was that Darnold just, you know, wasn't having the time to really get to all of his reads and, you know, really focus in on getting Anderson involved. What – we talked about it on Sunday morning is, you know, I, the game looked like it has slowed down for Darnold finally. And that's what we saw again today. He, he looked calm. He looked cool. Um, you know, they got up to an early lead. It, it was Rogers magic that, you know, brought green Bay back and won this game, but Darnold played a really good game and had this team up a lot early. Robert Woods today, six catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. Uh, it's been a while since Robert Woods has had a 100-yard game. It's been week six. 
uh, but he continues he continues to get in the end zone, and he's had double figures in every PPR in PPR in every single fantasy week dating back to week one. He is now the fourth player in NFL history with 14 straight games with 60-plus receiving yards in a single season. The other three before him, Antonio Brown, Andre Johnson, and Marvin Harrison. Beautiful stat from that's the consistent. Uh, fantasy Taz. That's, that's why he's here, even though he busted chops about Nick Foles. <laughs> That's a, but, that's a you, wonderful, you know, wonderful. He's wonderful. just having an amazing season. Yeah, you know, we saw flashes of this kind of play when he was in Buffalo, but they were very inconsistent because of the Buffalo offense. That you know, in this offense, he has really become their mainstay, the guy that they go to whenever they need a big play. And he's just having a, a, a sensational season for him. Yeah, I guess uh, you know, leaving Buffalo is always a good recipe for success, huh? Yeah, really. Hey, go from Buffalo to Los Angeles. It's also a good recipe for weather. There you go. All right, coming up next, if you're silly enough to play Week week 17, you already have some worries coming out of the NFC and more fantasy Super Bowl heroes next. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here on the Fantasy Football Rewind, Scott Engel and Jim Day, and we're recapping the big fantasy Super Bowl week, and we're glad you're here with us because that means you probably won and you want to you want to hear about it. All right, so let, let's move on. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, we talked a little bit about the Steelers, 309 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. You met, mentioned the road games uh, and, you know, the narrative about the road games, and we've talked about it th- th- uh, a lot. 380 passing yards and three touchdowns at New Orleans. Uh, you know, very challenging the place to play. Uh, not bad numbers at Oakland. Uh, 282 passing yards, two touchdowns. At Denver in Week 12, 462 passing yards. At Jacksonville, 314 and three. Uh, at Baltimore against a very good defense, 270 and 2. 369 at Cincinnati this year. 353 at Tampa Bay with three touchdowns. And 335 at Cleveland. Uh, people still talk about this, but we, you know, we've broken this down, me and you. You know, when you look at the game log and, you know, the numbers I just laid out, uh, I think if anybody's going to still worry about the road splits when, uh, when, when drafting him next year, I think they're living in the past. I absolutely agree with that 100%. You know, Juju Smith just gives him another huge uh, target. <laughs> so, uh, you know, def- it, look, he's had an up-and-down season. They've lost some games they should have won, um, you know, and that that's hurt them on the season and put them in dire jeopardy now of missing the playoffs. But, uh, you know, he, he put it all out there today. And 
unfortunately, you know, uh, you you can say you can blame blame them for going for the decision on, on doing the fake punt, giving New Orleans the ball uh, that much closer to getting that go-ahead score. But it's just a lot of things that came together that didn't work out for Pittsburgh today. Yeah, and now they're in trouble for next week. You know, we talk about a guy like Antonio Brown, and he ends up being a fantasy Super Bowl hero for a lot of people and, you know, worthy of where he was drafted. And then you get guys who will get plucked off the waiver wire in the final week, and you never expected them to be a fantasy Super Super Bowl hero. And one of those was Jamal Williams with 15 carries for 95 yards and a touchdown and also six six catches for 61 yards. He was the most popular waiver pickup in the week, which makes it very interesting because when you get to week 16 of the fantasy football season, there's not much that you can do to, to get off the waiver wire and really plug it into your lineup. And yet Jamal Williams turned out to be a fantasy Super Bowl hero. Yeah, I didn't like him today either. Bad call on my part. But against this Jets defense in in New York, I, I just expected their, their uh, run defense to play much better. They, they have been playing much better. But Jamal Williams just came up with a huge game. And if you had, had to pick him up off the waiver and get him into your lineup this week, good job for you. Where do you think this Green Bay backfield goes next year? It's, uh, you know, is it definitely Aaron Jones, or did Jamal Williams make a case for himself for this to be a timeshare? Uh, I, I still think it's Aaron Jones. I mean, Jamal Williams has had plenty of times. This is one game where he did do the right stuff and got the numbers he, you know, you needed him to have. But he's had that chance before and just never done anything with it. So I'm not going to base the fact that they go away from Jones on one good game for Williams. All right, uh, Alvin Kamara gives you what you want when you draft him in top five. Uh, seven carries for 23 yards and two touchdowns and uh, four receptions for 83 yards. Yeah, great game for Kamara again in a big one here. The, you know, again, Breeze at home, only one touchdown pass. Everybody was counting on Breeze at home to put up big numbers, but this running game, you know, accounted for three of the touchdowns and Breeze just didn't have to do too much in, until that last, you know, drive to get that one touchdown pass that he ended up having. Yeah, and he, here's the thing about about Alvin Kamara now is that, you know, the Saints and the Saints, it's that the Saints have now locked up the number one seed in the NFC. So if your commissioner is silly enough to let you play in Week 17, you're already worried about uh, Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Etc. Uh, maybe being rested or not playing a full game in Week 17. Yeah, there's a very good chance of that. Um, you know, it, it's definitely very possible. They don't really have anything more to play with with this win. I'm pretty sure they locked up the number one seed, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yes. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, they're good. Thank you for confirming. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I was just uh, got lost in my own head there for a second. <laughs> That's okay. It happens. It's a very large head with a lot going on in there. Uh, Sam Darnold, 341 passing yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. This was a very encouraging performance. You were talking about how Darnold, uh, has the, the, the game is slowing down for him. Not that a lot of people used him in fantasy week 16, but uh, do, you, do you view him as a potential high-end fantasy quarterback, too, for next season? Quarterback, too, yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think he'll have a few good games where he puts up these kind of monster numbers, but uh, I'm not 
ready to buy into him being a quarterback one next year. But the game is definitely slowing down for him. And, you know, he's starting to show why he was such an early draft pick. Uh, he just has he has a lot of, you know, good qualities about him. And if he can really slow this game down and really take advantage of that, then, man, it, you know, he's going to have a great career. I rank Baker Mayfield as a top eight quarterback coming into this week. And I actually started him over Goff and won fantasy Super Bowl. The matchup was good. He took advantage, 284 passing yards, three touchdowns and no interceptions. Uh, seven touchdown passes in two games this year against the Cincinnati Bengals. Baker Mayfield was very, very impressive this year. The mechanics very crisp, not afraid to throw downfield. Baker Mayfield could push to be a QB1 next year. I absolutely think so. Look, this offense has really come around since the change, since they got rid of you, Jackson, and made the changes to the coaches. Uh, they're just playing much better. Look, they're 7-7-1. They're seven, seven when did we ever expect to see that happening? No, I don't think anybody. And it was funny because he was actually trolling Hugh Jackson on the sidelines. But when he knew he was going to win, he was running past him and smiling at Hugh Jackson. <laughs> Hey, you know what? It is what it is. I, I'm not a fan of Hugh Jackson. I thought he was a terrible head coach. I, I, I think he's a good defensive Obviously coordinator. Baker I just don't felt, think he's... felt the same way. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, you know, he got the training wheels took off when Jackson was gone, and now we're starting to see what he can do. And you know, I like this kid. I've always liked this kid. I think he's going to be an amazing quarterback in this league. And he's the only quarterback I would have wanted the Giants to take to, at number two if Cleveland did go Barkley. Devontae Adams does what Devontae Adams does, 11 70 for 71, and a touchdown. Devontae Adams, all he does is catch touchdown passes. And he was another one of those guys this year where, where we almost didn't talk about him enough, maybe, because he just delivered so consistently. In his last, uh, in his last uh, one, two, I'm counting here. In his, he hasn't his last, had a one, game two, three, all four, season five, where he wasn't six, at seven, least double eight. digits. Yeah, he, in his last eight games, he caught seven touchdown passes. Yep. Yeah, he's had an amazing season. And that's why, look, when, when you have guys like him and Christian McCaffrey that are steady every week, there's not really a lot to talk about. It's not like fantasy owners are trying to decide with guys like them. These are guys you just stick in your lineup and move on. And, you know, that's why we don't have to discuss them as often. But he has had an incredible season, no doubt about it. Um, you know, he he has solidified himself as probably a first-round pick in next year's drafts. Yeah, he, cer he certainly has. You know, the, In fantasy football, Jim, it's very hard to get reassurance. That's why I think that's why we make a living doing what we're doing because uh, everybody has trouble making decisions. But there's a few guys who just, you know, they, they, they never give you a reason to make a decision. It's almost you don't have to worry. You just lock and load them. There are very few of those. They're, they're like a handful of guys that just lock and load, and they don't make you worry every week, not only with their play, but their durability as well. Yeah, right. He hasn't missed a game, and, you know, on the field for pretty much most of the offensive snaps on the season. He's been Rodgers' go-to guy all year, and, you know, he was the only guy that Rodgers has been going to for quite a few weeks now, although Rodgers changed that up today and got a couple of the young guys involved. 
uh, Ekwemenia St. Brown had a good game and several others. So he finally started moving that ball around to different players instead of Adams. And yet Adams still comes up with 11 catches and a touchdown and does what he does. Elijah McGuire today with 82 yards from scrimmage, uh, including three catches and two touchdowns. McGuire, you know, they look, the Jets liked him a lot internally. And, uh, yeah, well, there was talk that he was explosive. And he hasn't been explosive, but he, he, there's been volume there as both a runner and receiver, and he's made the most of it the last few weeks. Do you think the Jets can trust Elijah McGuire as their number one running back for next year? Or do you see them going in another direction, maybe a timeshare, et cetera, and, you know, he's less of a fantasy commodity? I think they want him to be their number one. Like you said, they've liked him for a while now, and they wanted him to be there, but the injuries kept, you know, taking him down. Um, I think they want him to be their number one, but he's got to stay healthy for a longer period of time before they're ready to invest big numbers in him. How about the most surprising Super Bowl hero of uh, Fantasy Week 16? Yeah. Now, it was a very, definitely a big surprise to a lot of people around around 2.30 when uh, Todd Gurley was cl- declared inactive. And, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, all Twitter the, went nuts. Yeah, oh, there were all these reports about how, how he was going to play, but that he might be limited, but uh, the, the, then the Rams decided to play it safe and you know, basically pull him from the game. And then you had to wonder, should I start C.J. Anderson? Because... Anderson was on his third team this year. Even though it was a really good matchup, could you have the confidence to start him? And if you took the chance, you got 20 carries for 167 yards and a touchdown. Nobody expected C.J. Anderson, who got cut by the Raiders a few weeks ago, to be a fantasy Super Bowl hero. Dare I say, he was the most unlikely fantasy Super Bowl hero of the 2018 season. Uh, You know, we talked about it on Sunday morning. You know, I, I... Kind of liked the idea that he would get a shot if Gurley was out. And you kind of poo-pooed it. Uh, I you did. Know, and I said, oh, he, he was a 1,000-yard rusher last year. But, well, that was last year. That don't matter this year. Um, oh, not that I, Well, look, not that I expected him to go for 167 <laughs> yards. No. But I did like the idea if he got the shot in this offense to put up decent numbers. And I actually did start him in two leagues. And they might be the only two I actually win. <laughs> You got to pick at everything I say, Day. Yeah, that's only because you do it to me first. <laughs> I know, I know. We're even now. Nick Foles versus uh, <laughs> versus C.J. Anderson. I felt like I couldn't have the confidence in him. Guy playing for his third team this season. No, no, uh, I, I get it. I, it wasn't like I put use him, him in anywhere? my lineup. With, I did in two leagues, and they might be the only two I win. <laughs> but it wasn't like I had a ton of confidence in him. It was just like I'm going to try it get the upside, and he just got more upside than I thought I would get. All right. Uh, C.J. Anderson coming through in a big way, though. Talks about it. Just an illustration of disgusting the Cardinals' defense is. Yeah, really. They, they were just terrible again. I can come this off the entire... street and rush for almost 170 yards. <laughs> the Cardinals' team just looked like they were done. They just looked like they didn't want to have anything to do with anything uh, for this game. Uh, you know, the second half especially, it just looked like they were just toast um, and just wanted to go home and watch golf as quickly as they could. This was stunning to a lot of people. A lot of people were, were expecting him to play, expecting Gurley to play. 
Oh yeah, no, absolutely. We all, uh, most people, they were saying he was expected to play, and everybody was talking about it. You know, it, it was one of those things where you you were kind of hoping you weren't sure because even if he did play, would he be, get pulled early? And you know, would you know give you all this back and forth on what he's going to do uh, with him coming out? But the the problem was that nobody really thought that. It was going to be Anderson. Too many people still thought it was going to be John Kelly who was going to take that main role and go with it. And, you know, it just didn't work out that way. Yeah, I actually played in a guy against a guy in a fantasy Super Bowl this week who actually ended up with Gurley in his lineup and took a zero. Ooh, uh, you know, he had the opportunity to plug in James White as one of his running backs and, you know, go with him at one o'clock. And he could have played Gus Edwards last night. And then he could have had the, the choice of Ingram or Gurley. And he could have held out Gurley. But instead, he ran a tight end in his flex spot, Ebron, along with Gronkowski. And that handcuffed him at 4 o'clock. Ooh, that definitely. And plus, it killed killed his team, Ebron and Gronkowski. Ebron, of course, going out with the concussion um, and, you know, missing most of the game. And Gronk just doing absolutely nothing. Uh, another likely fantasy Super Bowl hero, Nelson Aguilar. I don't think anybody even played him in daily. Six catches for 116 yards and a touchdown. Nelson Aguilar obviously helped me win a fantasy championship last year, but he's he's been not not existed this year. I can't imagine anybody even used him in an emergency. He was only 28.2% owned in ESPN, and I can't imagine a lot of those teams probably like dead dead public teams, but. Uh, you know, the Eagles coming through today, and they're still alive in the in the NFC playoff race. Yeah, it was a big win for them, no doubt. Uh, and, you know, you're right. Aguilar did have a nice game, but like you said, he was either on the bench or on the waiver wire because he wasn't really being started anywhere. Nobody was talking about him. There was no reason to. Uh, it's just been that kind of year that, you know, every time you need one guy to go off, it's the other guy that hasn't done anything that does. And we've seen that time in and time out all season long. Kirk Cousins today uh, came through with the kind of performance that you were hoping for if you drafted him, but we just haven't seen enough from this year. 253 passing yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. It was his first game, uh, only his second game of over 20 points since week nine. Uh, yeah, I don't know what even what to say with this one. Um, it, it was a good game. He needed a good game against, you know, Detroit. Pretty decent secondary, you know. They got those big corners, and you know. But Cousins put up a game that, again, most likely wasn't started very far because he just hasn't been doing this. Um, you know, he hasn't touched what twenty points in a couple of weeks now, has it been? I just, ah, oh, man, I'm sorry, I got it. Um, yeah, it's been since week twelve. The last time he actually put up over twenty fantasy points, last three weeks it was eight points, then ten point eight, and then fifteen point three. So, you know, nobody, not many people started him today. Another game that just lost to fantasy. Andrew Luck, 357 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, you know, this is the kind of game where uh, you, you realize what, what a big comeback player Luck has been. Rebounded from down week at Dallas. He's had, he's had two down weeks in the last four, but overall uh, Luck's been very, very impressive this year. And uh, where, where do you think... He'll he'll rank uh, among fantasy quarterbacks going into next year, maybe at least for you. If you probably you know, you know Mahomes number one. Where would where would Luck rank for you? I, I think I have to put Luck in somewhere in the four or five region. 
You know, I expect Breeze to be back. I, I still think he's up there. Yeah, kind of rough, but, you know, somewhere in that 4-5 or five spot, I think, is where he ends up going next year uh, just because he has had a great season. All right, more Fantasy Super Bowl heroes next here on the Fantasy Football Rewind for Week 16. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Are you at the game? You just have a gut feeling, no problem. Now you can bet from anywhere, anytime with the all-new MyBookie mobile betting platform. With the MyBookie mobile platform, you'll enjoy all the safety and convenience at home betting while you're on the go. Try it out today, and you'll never miss another winning bet. Head on over to MyBookie.ag and open an account with the promo code FNTSY and MyBookie. We'll match your deposit up to $1,000. That's right, $1,000. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. Mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. Jim Day does it. Why don't you? Okay. Uh, Moving along here with some of the heroes of Week 16. Uh, Mike Evans had a really inconsistent season, but uh, got that late touchdown against the Dallas Cowboys. Six catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. He did have three 100-yard games and four 90-yard games and five 85-yard games in his final six, although he did only score two touchdowns during that final span. Yeah, it was a disappointment. You know, he started off the season so hot, uh, you know, three touchdowns first three weeks. Uh, I, I think somewhere over 300 yards in those three weeks as well. Uh, he, he's always been that kind of receiver. He ends up the season with really good numbers, and everybody looks at those season-ending numbers and say, oh, i got to draft him so early. But he is so you know up and down, and it, it isn't funny. I mean, uh, you know, week eight against Cincinnati, 29.9 points. Next week against Carolina, 2.6. Uh, I mean, just it, you just don't see that from the other really – great wide receivers, and yet he's done that so often in his career. <laughs> Would you not rank him as enough fantasy wide receiver one next year, just call him like a high-end wide receiver two? That's kind of how I treat him. See, what ends up happening with me is um, usually somebody else is always willing to draft him earlier than I am so that I just don't draft him. I, You know, in 126 leagues, I don't think I owned him once. No, and I don't think I owned him once either. Okay, so we're on the same page there. Juju Smith-Schuster, 11 catches for 115 yards uh, today, and uh, a lot of people were worried about the groin, but you know, but this is a lesson. This is a lesson that you learn. 
though. It's, uh, you know, pe- people, somebody was saying to me on social media, oh, I'm worried he's going to be a decoy. I'm worried he's going to be on a pitch count. I'm like, I'm, I said, you know, I didn't see a report of that anywhere. Why are you making it up? You know, when your stars, when your stars are out there and they're active, unless you see something that they're going to be limited, you have to play them. Totally agree, one hundred percent. Like I was telling everybody, you, you got to get him in. If he's on the field and starting, you got to get him in there in this big game. Uh, you know, one of the things I kept telling was, you know, a lot of people were coming down to to ban against luck. And while I thought Luck would have a good game against the Giants, I also thought there was a chance that Mac could run the Giants to death. And actually, that didn't happen. I was quite surprised. They held Mac pretty well in check, uh, although he did get the touchdown. But, you know, and Luck had a good game. But Ben, the reason I went with Ben was because I figured he would have to throw throughout the game, that there wasn't any game script I could come up with where it looked like they wouldn't have to throw. And, you know, he ended up having the bigger game because of it. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah, but it's hard to predict game script anyway. You know, we've seen it so much this season. You expect one team to blow out the other and it ends up being close. And, you know, then sometimes Buffalo walks into Minnesota and they roll over them. So you, you never... Well, okay, well, this is a good point because I do this to myself a lot where I overthink things. But you don't take – you don't try to come up with a game script in your head when you're trying to figure these things out? To be honest with you, Jimmy, I, I often don't. It's it was not not in the way that a lot some other fantasy analysts do it, where they say, okay, you know, this team's going to be up a lot, and that means this running back is going to be you know running out the clock in the second half. It, very often that doesn't happen for a few reasons. The you know first team sticks close. If it's a big blowout, the backups come in. Uh, sometimes the game doesn't get away from a team until the third or fourth quarter. So I think it's very hard to predict game flow. Hmm. Fair enough. I just yeah. I, I I do have a tendency sometimes to overthink myself just because I keep going back and forth. Well, what if this? What if that? And you know, it does happen. <laughs> I think we all have a tendency to overthink things, but I think those of us who do a living, you know, do it for a living, do it less than others. Uh, Chris Chris Herndon, uh, you know, this was a guy that I kept touting as a as a top yes, ten did. fantasy tight end over the last few weeks, and I said, you know, this guy has something of a floor. And he really came through in a big way in fantasy Super Bowls with six catches for 82 yards and a touchdown. You know, I, I just saw, I remember being seeing a Jet game in the preseason live, and uh, Darnold just had radar for Herndon, and he made an actual beautiful one handed catch uh, today. And, uh, you know, Herndon continues to be that starting tight end. I think you're going to have to take him, take him uh, seriously as somebody you might want to draft next year in a PPR. Look, he's had a good second half of the season, and we talked about this on Sunday morning. I wasn't as high on him this week as you were because the last three games, I mean, we're talking about six total catches. Um, he never topped, you know, over 8.4 fantasy points in those three games. And, I, you know, I didn't – I just didn't see this game coming. He hasn't scored since week eight. Uh, so, you know, good call on your part. Well, I'll be honest with you, though. I did, thanks for the compliment, but I didn't, wasn't high on him. And I didn't say I was going to see well, you, this you, game you, coming, you, you, but I did said, say. No, yeah, you said you liked him today. I said this is a guy. I said this is a guy that can give you seven to eleven points in any given week when you can't even get that from a lot of other guys at this position. Yep. Well, I didn't. You, I, I that, didn't expect you twenty point day. Brought him up this morning, so that's a good yeah. thing. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't say twenty point day. So. 
You know, I know. don't want to give myself too much credit, but I appreciate it. <laughs> it's a nice Christmas present. Darren Sproles, nine cat carries for 32 yards. And then in addition, uh, he also had a big day receiving with, uh, with, with 76 yards and, and two touchdowns. Uh, one three touchdown. Cat- on three, three catches and one touchdown. Uh, I can't imagine anybody used Darren Sproles out of desperation. No. <laughs> Maybe he was a daily play. I know Dane Martinez had talked about him. Uh, over the last two weeks, and maybe as a desperation play, maybe Dave Martinez, but nobody else used him. Do we see Darren Sproles again doing this kind of thing again next year at age 36? <laughs> Every time we count Darren Sproles out, he keeps coming back, don't he? Um, I'm not going to say no. This guy seems to want to continue to play, and when he does step on the field, he ends up doing things like this. He's he's uh, he's he's just a really good NFL running back that has had a really nice career. Never going to get in the Hall of Fame, never going to get any major accolades, but he has really just had a really nice career. All right. Uh, Matt Brime was a fantasy Super Bowl hero this week. I don't think I don't think a lot of people necessarily expected that, but uh, the Carolina defense certainly prone to giving up some big plays. 239 passing yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. Uh, but, you know, you look at his game log, this is the second time in three weeks that he's thrown three touchdown passes. Look, Matt Ryan's had a great season. You know, he's been the number three fantasy quarterback all season. Um, you know, just had some amazing games. And I, I'm not sure why anybody wouldn't have wanted to start him against the Carolina defense. It's just hurting. Um, so, I, you know, I, I know there was a lot of concern with Julio Jones, but uh, I just don't – I don't know if I – really see that was really hurting Ryan uh, when you have somebody like Ridley behind Jones if, if you needed him. All right. What else can you say about DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, some people were worried about his ankle coming to this week, but he toughs it out. Again, it's a situation of where if your superstars are active, you play him. Nine catches for 108 yards. Just an outstanding season for DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, the only thing I think... Will they try to get another number two wide receiver across from him next year? And would that negatively affect his numbers a little bit? No, I don't think so. I, I, I don't. Num, true number one wide receivers, I think, could be helped by a good number two. Um, so I think that, you know, that's yeah, why. At Antonio he was doing, Brown, right? Right. Absolutely. Having a, another good wide receiver on the other side that defenses have to respect can absolutely play into, you know, a great wide receiver one's hands and you know Hopkins is that great number one wide receiver so I don't think having a good number two would hurt him at all yeah I don't think so Julian Edelman toughing it out through that foot injury six catches for 70 yards and a highlight real touchdown uh yeah Julian Edelman that was sweet wasn't it playing with a foot injury but he can't tell yeah no he's uh you know according to Stephen Smith he's been so inconsistent this year but um, you know, definitely a, a, another. You good listen game. to that guy for football advice? <laughs> oh heck, no! I just <laughs> three I, touchdown I just... catches in his last five. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but uh, you know, Edelman has been just a rock in in that New England offense. Even with Brady not playing well, Edelman just continues to show up week in, week out. Yeah, and uh, now the, the the Patriots with the Texans losing. Don't look again here. They're not playing as well as everybody expects, but right now they're the number number two seed in the AFC, and just an incredible stat. 
uh, you know, winning the division for the tenth season tenth in a row, right. and sixteen out of eighteen when Tom Brady is, uh, you know, in Tom Brady's career, he's won sixteen division championships in eighteen seasons as a starter. It's almost like the people in Boston, like a division championship means nothing. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything to them. It's just what there is expected. Um, like you said, 10th season in a row, just not done before. And this team has had an outstanding run under Belichick and Brady. I mean, one of the greatest dynasties of all time. Yeah, there was a stat that was flashed that nobody in the NBA or NHL has done that, that this to, to this sort of length. The only other team that's ever done it in any professional sport to that length is what the Atlanta Braves won 14 division titles, uh, I think it was, in a row. From the uh, oh, I hate from the like Braves. 1991 to 2005. <laughs> the interesting thing about that was the Braves only won world one World Series in that span. Right. Well, a lot more teams in New England in, won five in, Super Bowls, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, look, it, you know, ten consecutive playoff appearances, ten consecutive uh, times to win their division. Just again, not the greatest season by you know Patriot standards, but still getting it done. Certainly still getting it done. Now, look, they're the number two seed again. Saquon Barkley, only 43, car- 43 rushing yards, 34 receiving yards. He did have five receptions and a touchdown. But uh, Barkley, over the last two weeks, only 74 rushing yards. Uh, the guy could win rookie of the year, uh, but didn't play up to the standards that you normally ex- that you've been expecting all year in your fantasy championship. Do you think so? You know, sometimes it happens. You know, we hear about guys hitting a rookie wall. Do, do you think that happened with Saquon Barkley? No, I, I don't think so at all. I, I think what we've seen the last two weeks is two defenses keying on Saquon Barkley because o, Odell Beckham was out. And, you know, every time Barkley touched the ball, he was hit by two, three guys. And, you know, it's just going to happen from time to time. But, I mean, with the season he's had, I can't fault that. He's still got you 18.7 fantasy points this week. Definitely not a bad game by any standard. I guess you can't complain too much if you had Saquon Barkley. Calvin Ridley today with three catches for 90 yards and a 75-yard touchdown reception. But uh, you know, ever since like week five, Ridley's been mostly silent. Very inconsistent season for the rookie. But uh you know, what what are you expecting for next year with Calvin Ridley? Uh, do you, is he a wide receiver two or a wide receiver three or is he a wide receiver four? Because he was just so inconsistent. Guys certainly have to improve in their second year, you would think. Yeah, they, they've shown, you know, of late. You know, we used to think that it was the third year that wide receivers started to come into their own. But uh, over the last five or six years or so, it really has shown that most have really improved in their second year. So I expect Ridley to – look, I like Ridley. I think Ridley's going to be a great wide receiver in this league. He's got a lot of talent. Um, and, you know, he's had some big games. He had that great start um, with the six touchdowns in three games back in weeks two, three, and four, and everybody got all hyped. But he's still a rookie wide receiver. He still has Julio Jones on the other side. Um, so, you know, you had to expect that there would be up-and-down games. So he has 
put up a couple of other decent games, week nine against Washington and week 12 against New Orleans were both weeks that he had, you know, 19 and 21 fantasy points. So he's shown he can do it. He just needs to get more consistent at it. But I definitely think he will in this offense with Matt Ryan throwing the ball. I look for him to have a big year next year. I wouldn't have any problem taking him as a, you know, late wide receiver two uh, or even early wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside. Adam Humphreys showing back up against Dallas. Uh, but didn't think there was a good matchup for him against you know the tall Dallas corners. But he shows up for 10 catches for 79 yards. Uh, you know, ever since week eight, second half of the season, this guy has shown up to be more than just a secondary slot receiver. Uh, do you think you can draft Adam Humphreys as a wide receiver three in PPR next year? I think he's going to be in that discussion. Uh, you know, Deshaun Jackson is almost – Definitely gone from the team after this year. Uh, so I think that helps. You know, they, they had four decent wide receivers this year with Goodwin, uh, Godwin with, you know, Humphreys with, of course, Evans and, and Deshaun Jackson, who had the incredible start with Fitzpatrick in there. But uh, Humphreys is definitely rounded into a pretty decent player for them and had a, a pretty strong season. You know, we're, we're talking about a guy who doesn't score a ton of touchdowns, but he, he's more of a PPR guy. But we've seen from like guys like Julian Edelman, you can make a nice career in this league just by doing that. All right. Uh, Zay Jones with six, five catches for 67 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, Zay Jones very up and down this year. Uh, this was his second 67-yard game in, two, in, uh, two, in four weeks. He does have three touchdown receptions over the past four years. Can Zay Jones continue to improve on this Buffalo Bills team to the point next year, Jim, where he might move to be a fantasy wide receiver four or maybe even a fantasy wide receiver three? Because you got a guy like Josh Allen who's probably only going to get better and is not afraid to throw downfield. No, I, I like him. You know, Zay Jones last year was pretty much considered a bust. Just could never get going in this offense, and a lot of people were ready to jettison him. And I, I think he's shown enough this year that he definitely takes a, a nice turn next year with Darnold. I mean, not Darnold, with Allen starting to, to come into his own. We've seen Allen, you know, at the beginning of the year, he looked like a deer in the headlights out there. And, you know, even though he didn't have a great game today against this New England team, he has looked so much better the last, you know, month or so. Uh, in what he does on that field. And I think absolutely he's just going to get better. And with that, I think Zay Jones and even Robert Foster has a chance. I think these two could easily be there one, two next year and, and put up decent numbers. Yeah. It's with Allen. I would, I, I, I had some choices to start Lamar, Mar Jackson and Josh Allen. And ultimately came to, down to the fact that I was still worried about a rookie quarterback against Belichick and his staff. And, that, that that concern turned out to be valid. Yes, it did. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, an interesting halftime stat and have the Patriots found their running back feature back of the future. That's next on the Fantasy Football Rewind. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This is the Fantasy Football Rewind.
And uh, you probably won because uh, you probably weren't silly enough to use Jeff Driscoll. I mean, he did have two touchdown passes. But did you see Jeff Driscoll had three passing yards at halftime on Sunday? Yeah, that was amazing, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what I could say about Jeff. Look, he can't blame Jeff Driscoll. I mean, the top two wide receivers out for the year, uh, just not much else to go on. And, you know, we talked about it Sunday morning. That's what had us concerned about Mixon. And, look, that came to fruition. More on the uh, – we'll talk about Mixon in a little while, but uh, more on the Patriots – uh, Sony Michelle ran hard last week against Pittsburgh. Only 18 carries this week. You know, this always will seem to be a committee, but 116 yards and a touchdown. He ran hard again this week. Uh, you know, Sony Michelle, I think maybe they don't want to overuse him because, number one, under the Belichick regime, you know, they've always liked the committee. Number two, you know, we've seen when he got a heavy workload, and, you know, not only this year, but in college, that he had a tendency to get banged up. Uh, but he does run well when they when they use him enough to get him into the rhythm. Uh, you know, do you think Sony Michelle's an RB one or an RB two in fantasy next year? Uh, man, if it was if he didn't play on a Bill Belichick team, I think he'd be an RB one. <laughs> uh, but because it's a Belichick team, and like you said, his tendency to want to go with either a committee or a timeshare or, or a, in some form or another, and then the other tendency that even when we think that Michelle is going to be the guy, all of a sudden James Devlin is getting the goal line carries, uh, as we saw in the a couple of weeks previous to this week, which had people very afraid to start Sony Michelle this week. Uh, it's just it's so hard on a Belichick team to like their running backs, and I try my damnedest to stay away, although I did get drawn in this year with, with Michelle and uh, with White, both because at one point it looked like they finally had a defined backfield, and of course we saw that go away. <laughs> All right, Evan Ingram with his third good game in a row. Uh, six catches for 87 yards for Evan Ingram today. That's three in a row with with uh, 70 plus yards. And uh, with Ingram, he really stepped forward with Odell Beckham Jr. out, but uh, hurt early this year. Uh, numbers were disappointing. Uh, what what Ingram do we see next year, Jim? Oh, I, we see the good Ingram as long as he's healthy. It was the injury. Uh, last week we saw him finally be healthy, come out, good game. Really loved him this week. And actually he scored a touchdown, but they didn't give it to him, and the Giants never even challenged it. And that's what got Barkley in for his touchdown uh, one play later from the one-yard line. But uh, Ingram absolutely scored that touchdown, and they didn't give it to him. So his numbers should have even been better. All right. Uh, moving right along, Jared Goff, uh, 216 passing yards. One touchdown and one rushing touchdown. Goff was a guy that played really, really well earlier in the season, but, uh, you know, really started to slow down over the past few weeks and certainly hasn't played well on the road this year. Yeah, he – hard to say. I mean, I like the guy. He plays good football, but we've seen him the last few weeks just really get corralled by defenses uh, playing the deep zone against him. You know, taking away those deep passes, and again they did it again to him today. And luckily, he got that rushing touchdown to to give you a decent fantasy day. Not a great one, but you know, a little better than he's been having. But I know a lot of people were scared off of starting him this week because of those last few weeks. Yeah, he had four touchdown passes in that that uh, big shootout Monday night game right before the bye. But ever since the bye, only two touchdowns in his final four games. 
Yeah, he's definitely been a letdown over the second part of the season. And, you know, what ultimately what I'm hoping for is that actually kicks him down the draft board a little bit next year because I'm still going to buy into him. You still think he's a QB1 for next year? I absolutely do. Where did this he's come from? He's just going to get Sterling, better. Sterling Shepard, six catches for 113 yards today. Yeah, I didn't look. He did. He had the big play, which helped absolutely. And you, know, you take what you get, and now you do it. But uh, you know, he stepped up and and had that good game. Hadn't been doing it before this with uh, Odell Beckham out. He still hadn't been doing anything. So it was good to see him finally come alive a little bit in this one. Yeah, I like this kid. I think he's going to be a good wide receiver, but he needs to be, you know, step up a lot more. He needs to, you know, run his routes a little tighter than he's been doing, find a way to get open a little bit easier. Let's entertain this. Say the Giants come back with a new quarterback next year and Odell's healthy. Can Sterling Shepard uh, reemerge as a fantasy, a fantasy starter? I think so, but they are definitely going to need to do something for that offensive line. They need to absolutely get that offensive line a little more solid. You know, they've been playing a lot better the last few weeks, seem to be coming together a little bit more, but they still need to get, you know, solid tackles that they can count on week in, week out, because this league, these pass rushers are just blowing them away way too often. All right, moving right along here on the Fantasy Football Rewind. Drew Brees with 326 passing yards, but only one touchdown and no interceptions. And- uh, Breeze only threw four, three touchdowns in his final four games. Uh, you know, really, uh, you know, really disappointing during the fantasy football stretch run and the playoffs. Kind of looking like the quarterback we saw last year when, uh, when, when the Saints were very much predicated on the on the run and, and some defense. And that's exactly right. We, you know, once they got Ingram back, the running game started coming together, and then all of a sudden, the the defense, which early in the season was absolute garbage for no reason it didn't there wasn't any rhyme or reason to why they were playing like garbage but all of a sudden we've seen their defense come back and start playing good uh they didn't play well today (laughs) but uh, they've been very good of late and because of that he just didn't have to throw as often and again we've seen that before we've seen that with other quarterbacks Goff has that problem from time to time when you know when the running backs take over the game and do all the work Quarterbacks don't have to. Larry Fitzgerald with six catches for 53 yards in what uh, some people are thinking might be the final home game ever for Fitzgerald, although there are reports that he might want to return next season. Uh, he finished the fantasy football season with three straight consecutive double-figure PPR games. Well, it definitely didn't hurt that he threw a 32-yard touchdown pass um, no, got to, that to bonus David too, Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe we should put him in at quarterback. And get Jeff Rosen, uh, Josh Rosen, out of there. Um, it you take whatever you can get at this point from Fitzgerald in this offense that has just been just not existing all season. Not ex- definitely not what we expected coming in, even with the change at rookie quarterback. We've seen them do well with other nonsensical quarterbacks. Uh, it just didn't come together at all this year. We saw a bright glimmer. When Byron Leftwich first took over, and then it just seemed to fade away again. Well, what's it going to take for this team to turn around next year? It's like not that you can make a quarterback change. 
No, yeah, Rosen just got to get better. They got to get that offensive line. Uh, again, another team that needs to get that offensive line a little bit more solidified. And they just got to come up with, with better offensive game plans. They need to get Larry Johnson involved right from the get-go in the passing game. Uh, you know, like He's going to come out of retirement? Dallas. Who did I say? Larry, Larry Johnson. Did I say Larry Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> David Johnson. Wow. Sorry, folks. It, it, it's been a long day. Um, David okay. Johnson. <laughs> I, I call Baker, Mayf- Baker Mayfield Jeremy Mayfield every Sunday. <laughs> a NASCAR day. So, you know, I, I just think that they need to to become one of those offenses. They, they need to be a little bit more innovative, use the talents that Rosen gives them instead of trying to make him into an NFL quarterback. Use what he does now and, and try and build on that. Yeah, because the talent seemingly is there, at least offensively. Uh, but the defense spends too much time on the field as well. Yeah. I don't know what else Arizona can do. It might be a coaching thing, like you say. David Njoku uh, with three catches for 71 yards and a touchdown. This was uh, just David Njoku's seven double-figure fantasy performance since week eight uh, and the first time in his last four games that he had, he had a touchdown. People were, were ranking David Njoku's top ten every week, but the inconsistency was absolutely wild. But you, you have to figure that he improves next year with Baker Mayfield continuing to evolve well they need to work on him with his focus because he's just dropping way too many passes that hit him in the hands and it's usually because he's trying to run before he catches the ball they need to work on him with that and luckily that is something that can be learned i mean you know it's just got to get him forced in the head to watch the ball all the way into his hands and he just doesn't do that too often and you know one of the reasons that he's been so slow to come along is it, it it's been hard for Baker Mayfield to trust him because you see these balls keep clanging off his hands. Uh, Leonard Fournette did get 18 carries yesterday, only turned him into 43 yards, but you know, he did get he did get a touchdown run. Uh, you know, we were kind of wondering what was going to happen with uh, with with Fournette. Would he see the workload? And uh, it turned out he did, although he didn't turn into much. Although it was a pretty good matchup against a Dolphins run defense that has been getting torn up. But if you did roll him out as your RB2, you didn't get terrible numbers. There was no upside, but you didn't get terrible numbers. No, absolutely not. You'll take 16 points from your RB2 any day you can get it. You know, I I was one. I was definitely worried about him after they basically took him out of the game in the second half. You told me not to worry that he's still the guy. He's going to run, you know, out there because he's – pissed off and wanted to get going and while I didn't come to fruition he still got you enough points to if you played him this week so you take that yeah you certainly do Ezekiel Elliott with 85 yarding yards and five catches for 24 yards we definitely saw the evolution of Elliott as a pass receiver uh this year would you take him number one overall next year based on that evolution that we saw I think he's absolutely in that discussion again you know Gurley Barkley Zeke uh, all in that discussion next year for for that number one pick. There's no doubt about it. With uh, Elliott finally catching passes, that definitely puts him right up in the same tier as the other guys because before, without him catching those passes, he always had to make sure he got in the end zone. That's where the value came. But now it doesn't have to come from getting in the end zone. Now, now you can rely on him to catch the ball and get you plenty of PPR points that way as well. We love to see that. He, he's only had, I think, one... 
I think one game all season where he didn't get into double digits, and that was back in week seven against Washington where they just didn't come to play that game. But he, he's been a solid player all year. Another another player you just put in and, and go with. So what kind of light do we do we shine on the Dallas Cowboys now? Do we say positive that uh, they've won two division titles in three years, or is it the team that's just won three three playoff games since 1996? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the latter. Look, I I am not a Jason Garrett man. I I don't think he's a good coach. I, I'm surprised he's lasted as long as he has with the the way that this team has played over the last you know ten years or so. But uh, he's still there. They're still doing what they got to do. But I don't really expect them to really have the horses to go deep into the playoffs. All right. Me thinks he says he's there one and done. Jalen Samuels today, 53 rushing yards, three catches for 11 yards. He did have a receiving touchdown, but kind of a disappointing performance uh, after what we saw last week. If he did start Jalen Samuels over over Zach Gertz, it backfired, but not in a big way. Uh, you know, still one of the most productive fantasy tight ends on Yahoo. Uh, but uh, you know, a little bit of a disappointing day for Jalen Samuels today. Yeah, it didn't, uh, didn't really get up. Well, look, New Orleans has been playing very good against the run. Um, so, you know, didn't expect him to get a lot of yards on the ground. But I did expect him to be more involved in the passing game, and that just didn't come to to play with only three targets. Luckily, he got in the end zone, got you up to 15 points. And, again, you'll take that where you can, and especially if you use them at tight end, you'll, you'll take that any day. Jordan Howard with 53 rushing yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jordan Howard went in the third round in a lot of fantasy drafts this year and was a really big disappointment. Uh, did score two touchdowns in his final, uh, final two games, but uh, had no touchdown runs in five before that. Yeah, he hasn't been there. He's only had one game all season where he got up to 100 yards. He's only had seven touchdowns, uh, and two of them came in one game against Buffalo. Um, it, it just hasn't had – you. Know, it just didn't seem like he really fit the mold of what this offense in Chicago is now trying to do under Matt Nagy. It just – you know, they got Tariq Cohen there, who is just so explosive, so versatile – that he, he gives them today. so much more. Well, not today, but he has been all year. Um, he, he's been an exceptional play all year. Uh, so, you know, I just, I, I don't know how to work this out with Howard. He's just too much of a plotter, I think, for this offense. That's the thing with Cohen, though. Is, you know, he's had a lot of big games, but he's had a few clunkers like he did today. Well, for most of the people in the in the league, we could say that about this year. It's, you know, there's not many people that have been so consistent that they haven't had a clunker or two. Yeah, well, a very bad day, though. Below three fantasy points in a PPR. Yeah, that for was tough. <laughs> uh, Especially yeah, week 16. A, <laughs> a dud in the fantasy Super Bowl. Uh, C.J. Azuma, four catches for 49 yards and a touchdown. It was his best game of the year. But he only has three touchdown pass receptions, and he hasn't cracked 55 yards all year. Yeah. Um, if you ended up having to start him, you got lucky, but I don't think many people were starting him. Like you said, he hasn't hit double-digit points since, uh, I think it was week six, and that was against Pittsburgh. Um, he just, yeah, he hasn't really shown up when the opportunity was there because of them losing Croft and uh, Eifert so early in the season. But like you always say, opportunity doesn't always give results. 
Yeah, I was still in disbelief last week when people were recommending him as a, as a key start uh, against the Raiders, and then he caught one pass for 27 yards. Uh, Jameis Winston, 336 passing yards, one touchdown, no interception. Do you, what's your guess? Do you think he stays in Tampa Bay, and uh, uh, and how do you view him as, a, as both an NFL and fantasy quarterback for next year? I, you know, if I had to make my choice now, I think they end up keeping him next year. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be a, a great year for, you know, QBs in, in the NFL draft anyway. So I, I think they end up keeping him, but it, he won't be on any of my squads. He's just too inconsistent for me. All right, some tight end talk coming up next here on the Fantasy Football Rewind. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Back here on the Fantasy Football Rewind, Jim Day and Scott Engel recapping Fantasy Championship Week. And Ian Thomas, even with a quarterback change, uh, the rookie four catches for 48 yards. Once Greg Olson went down, uh, this guy stepped forward. He showed some flashes in the preseason. And he's looking like a possible viable fantasy tight end in PPR for for the next upcoming season. Do you think Greg Olson will be back? And if not, how much do you like Ian Thomas? I, I don't expect Olsen to be back. Um, you know, he, there was a lot of speculation. He wouldn't even be back for this year, but he did come back. He's been banged up on and off the field. You know, I, I think he's going to about to say he's done. And then if that happens, I do like Ian Thomas because Cam Newton likes to throw to his tight end. And Ian Thomas, like you said, the last couple of weeks has really shown up and, and been that guy. I mean, didn't have a great week 15, uh, didn't get really involved against New Orleans, but the week before that against Cleveland, nine catches for 77 yards, and, and then this week he finally gets in the end zone for the first time all year. There's so much positive to say about George Kittle, especially when you consider the state of this tight end position in fantasy football. Seven catches for 74 yards. I guess one thing we look at Kittle, uh, you know, if we do want to, like, you know, try to extrapolate a negative here and, you know, maybe what we're trying too hard is – one touchdown reception in his final six games? Yeah, he doesn't get in the end zone a lot. There's no doubt about it. He's, well, I think he's only had, what, four touchdowns on the year. But he, he's a PPR monster. He goes out there every week. He you know, pretty much gets you double digits every week. And you know, even in week 14, we saw him explode for the 210 yards and, and touchdown. So, you know, he's, he's a, a talented young guy who's just, I think, just going to get better. Easily the number three tight end in fantasy football for you next season? I think he has to be, absolutely. Uh, No, I think it's still Zach. I think it's still Kelsey and Ertz one and two. But Kittle definitely has to come in strong as a three. There's a good chance. I don't know if we see Gronk back next year. Uh, We saw Dalvin Cook with 73 rushing yards and 35 receiving yards. Not a bad day. Uh, Dalvin Cook, you know, Came back into view over the last uh, 
over the last few weeks when so many people were you know, so upset about you know the injuries. But in his final five games, uh, he was in double-figure fantasy points uh, for all five of those, and for four of them, 16 in PPR. But uh, fantasy players, they don't forget easily. And uh, they're probably going to hold something against Alvin Cook next year. Uh, but, you know, a lot of his runs I looked today with, like, tremendous balance. That's what I really was impressed by. Like, uh, when people were going to tackle him, he was willing to put his back into the pack and just, uh, you know, back his way into a few more yards or spin his way for a few more yards. Darren Cook's very talented, but some guys get injury-prone, injured more than others. Uh, you think he's going to be about a third-round pick next year? I would say, yeah, third round pick sounds about right. I, I mean, some people got, may let him slip further yeah, than that. I don't know if he'd go too much further than that. He's definitely shown that he's got the upside. A nice finish is going to help him next year, you know, alleviate all the crushing pain that he gave us in the beginning of the season by not playing. But, uh, you know, I, I still. I still like this kid a ton. If he can stay healthy for a full year, I think you're talking about a guy who's going to be in that, you know, top five, top six running back talk uh, if he can stay healthy. But that's what he needs to prove at this point, that he can. Well, here's a guy that could be drafted maybe top seven at or six at fantasy running back. Nick Chubb with 112 rushing yards today, breaking Jim Brown's rookie record when the guy, when the guy only started seven games. Yeah, Chubb is is definitely showing some nice stuff. I just wish he would, you know, get more involved in the passing game. They need to get him involved in that. Again, it comes down to getting in the end zone at this point. If he gets in the end zone, you're really really well off because you know he's going to get yardage. But he needs to get in the end zone right now. If they can get him on the PPR side, if they can get him involved in the pass-catching duties and I'm not talking big numbers but even if he's catching you know three passes for 20 yards a game you know that's still an additional five points you're going to get every game they need to start doing that with him I don't see any reason why they can't eight of his final nine games he was in double figure PPR points is he one of those running backs where you just take him early and say okay look he doesn't catch enough passes but the yardage is so consistent and the touchdowns will be there too that you can survive that. I think he can. Absolutely. He's going to give you big games because he's got that explosiveness and, you know, that we saw early in the year with that big game against Oakland, three three carries for 105 yards and two touchdowns. So he gets you that big explosiveness. And then, of course, he had the big game against Atlanta where I think it was like, oh, man, 170, 76 yards, 177 yards and a touchdown. So he's got that explosiveness. With the way this Cleveland offense is coming together, I just look for him to get better and, and to grow with Baker Mayfield together. And if uh, they could start to get involved in that passing game, I think Nick Chubb is going to be right up there. Right now he's easily a second-round pick. James White with eight carries for 41 in the yards and a touchdown. Uh, he did okay if you rolled him out in desperation today, but only two catches for 13 yards and really faded badly down the stretch as a pass receiver. Uh, you know, what's the outlook for next year? Is, is this, this guy was like a top 10 fantasy running back for the first half of the season. Uh, and that, I think that's the problem. He's never really had that big a role, that consistent a role. 
for as long as he did this year. And I just think he's just beat up and tired. And, you know, it's it's hard for him to get going at this point because he's never had to do as much as he's had to do early on in the season because Michelle was hurt. If Michelle's healthy next year, I think he goes back to his supporting role where he does what he does, catch the balls and have some big games and then other games disappears. I just don't know if he could be a consistent wide, you know, running back one for a full season. I, I just don't think he's built that way. Allen Robinson with six catches for 85 yards, but this guy was drafted in some leagues as a wide receiver too. And uh, it's clearly that he's been a big disappointment. He did miss weeks eight and nine with injury, but uh, ever since week 10, uh, he's had three double-figure fantasy performances, but uh, single in four of his final seven, and uh, he only had a, he only had six uh, double-digit PPR performances this year. Yeah, very disappointing season for him, and you know, luckily he had that big forty-three-yard catch today, and you know, got you at least into double digits. But he, he's just not been a huge part of this offense as we expected him to be. I knew I was quite high on him going into this season. Expected Matt Nagy to really get him. Uh, you know, highly involved. He was a touchdown machine in Jacksonville. I just don't understand why they just didn't get him going much better than he has. Uh, just too way too inconsistent. He didn't score in his final six games. Uh, do you think as Mitch Trubisky evolves that Allen Robinson can be some, something of a value next year and maybe have a rebound year, Taz? I think I'll take a shot. I'm the, luckily enough. I think he's going to fall. Uh, he's probably going to be something like an eighth eighth round, maybe ninth round pick next year. Uh, a lot lot further down the draft board than he was this year. And at that point, I think he he does become a value. But he definitely has to work on his consistency. Adam Thielen uh, seemed like he was trending in the wrong direction, but then ended up with a, with a serviceable game in Week 16. Five catches for 80 yards. Uh, but he did not score in his past three games. And uh, the week before, he had he had two catches for 19 yards. And uh, after all those 100-yard games to open the season, uh, he had eight 100-yard games to open the season. He's had only 100-yard game in the second half of the season. Has defenses fi- figured out uh, Adam Thielen, and is he not a wide receiver one for next year in fantasy? No, I, I still think he's a wide receiver one. I, I think a lot of this has to come down to, you know, Kirk Cousins just not playing good football uh, for the second half of the season. He he played much better in the first half than he has in the second, and, and that's been reflective here with, with Adam Thielen. Uh, again, like you said, eight straight 100-yard games was just amazing in those games. I think he caught a touchdown pass in six of those eight. Um, so, you know, he, he's had, still had a very, very good season, and I still think he's in line for wide receiver one, but they definitely need to get Kirk Cousins. You know, they need to improve that offensive line and, and get that more steadfast and give Cousins a little bit more of a safe feeling behind that offensive line than he had this year. Yeah, feeling uh, with just like a a very disappointing second half. Do you Do you feel like... Are just going to remember that going into next year? Hey, I hope they do. I, you know, again, I, I like when, when people do that. Uh, recency bias definitely comes into play. What what have you done for me lately? But uh, I, I am still a big believer in Thielen. This, this kid, he, he just catches everything that's around him. And, 
You know, he's just such a strong playmaker. I think the the injuries might have played into it a little bit in the second half. I think he got a, a little beat up, and that played into it as well. So, yeah, if people want to buy into that and push him down draft boards, I'm all for it because I'm pretty sure I'm still going to take him pretty high. Julio Jones, a lot of people were worried about him today. As uh, some other top fantasy wide receivers, they were worried about too. Uh, he was able to play, and he got off to a good start. He caught the first touchdown pass of the day uh, for the Atlanta Falcons in their easy victory o- over the Panthers. Four catches for 28 yards, but then that number stood you know, on your screen when you were looking at the scroll for the rest of the day. He was only targeted once the rest of the way. Yeah, right. That was all on the opening drive, the, the, all those catches and the touchdown. Uh, it, it had to be the hip. Uh, you know, it, it absolutely almost had to be the hip that was bothering Actually, him. reports were saying that the rib was even more painful than, than anything else. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't see that. Oh, well, there you go. Then, yeah, I, I would attribute it definitely to, you know, he was hurting and, and not, you know, doing as much as he could. And at that point, he probably, they used him as, as a, a decoy at that, with that trying to get Ridley more involved. They got Sanu more involved. You know, so it, it absolutely had to be the injury. Uh, D.D. Westbrook with seven catches for 45 yards. Uh, As a rule, I think a lot of fantasy players tend to avoid uh, the Jaguars, but uh, D.D. Westbrook did pretty well down the stretch. Uh, He had had four double-figure fantasy performances in his last five games and uh, two seven-catch games in his final three. When we say final because the fantasy season for us uh, generally ends in Week 16 unless you play in one of those silly Week 17 Super Bowls. (laughs) <laughs> well, they definitely need to do something for that quarterback position. I think once they do, I think they'll be okay. Uh, you know, between Westbrook and Moncrief and, uh, you know, I think Keelan Cole, I, I think they have a good nucleus of young wide receivers. They just need to get a, a quarterback in there that they can count on, and they really need to get Fournette to be healthy and get that uh, ground game established every week because that's the basis of their, you know, uh, offensive attack, and if that all comes together, then I think these wide receivers will be fine. It's just, you know, none of that really came together at the right times this year. Either Fournette was hit, was hurt, or Bortles was playing terrible, or you know, one thing after another. It just kept alternating. That it just never really came together for this this offense. I think if they can make those changes and get in a decent quarterback, um, then I, I think they'd be okay. Unfortunately. There's a lot of talk of, oh, maybe they get Flacco next year. You know what? That That's not really a major upgrade, folks. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Or Bortles or something like that. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, 246 passing yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, and only three rushing yards uh, today. Trubisky, uh, Trubisky started off, he hit a point in the season where he started playing really, really well after the first few games. And from week four to week eight, uh, actually, from week four to week uh, ten, roughly, he was uh, one of the better fantasy quarterbacks in the game. But uh, over his final six games, Mitchell Trubisky only threw four touchdown passes, and he—well, actually, I'm sorry, uh, you know, correct that though. Over his final, over his four final games. three games, he threw four touchdown passes, and uh, he didn't crack 275 yards. And then if you stretch it to right before the game he got injured, he didn't do either one of those. He 
Mitch Trubisky did not play well down the stretch. It was uh, he, he didn't play well early. Then he played well for a little bit, of, and then he didn't play well down the stretch. Uh, very, very inconsistent. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Again, the Matt Nagy offense, I, I expected more from. And like you said, he exploded in weeks four against uh, Tampa Bay and then was still on a good trend for a couple of weeks. And then he's been off it. And it might be that, you know, defense is caught up to what they were trying to do and started taking those big plays out. But uh, I, I still think he's going to get better. Uh, I see a lot in him that I like and some things that can be corrected. So I think he's going to be a guy that just gets better. They do have a lot of good weapons around him. So it'll be interesting to see how they do come out next year. But I don't – right now, I'm, if he's going to be drafted as a QB1, it's going to be on the very tail end of that. Jarvis Landry today, four catches for 47 yards, but didn't catch any of the touchdown passes – from Baker Mayfield. In fact, uh, he has one touchdown reception, dating back to Week Eight, and he has he has only uh, he has only three 100-yard games this year. Uh, one dating back to Week to Week Three. Jarvis Landry's been a big disappointment this year. There's been a few games with uh, you know with above five five catches, etc. But uh, very, very inconsistent. Jarvis Landry really underperformed. And it was interesting because Baker Mayfield was very impressive for a rookie. But uh, I, Landry, I think a lot of people started might not have been in the fantasy playoffs anymore. Yeah, to, Landry killed me. I love Landry coming into the season. I, I've always been a huge fan of his game. I, you know, what he was doing in, in Miami was amazing considering who was that quarterback. And I did have, you know, pretty good expectations for him this year and they just have not come together for whatever reason. This is something that he and Baker Mayfield have to work on in the offseason. They need to become a tight group knit because, uh, look, he, he's their best offensive weapon in the wide receiver core by far, and they're just not using him to that to that degree. Um, he, he did throw a 63-yard pass today, though. If that, you know, luckily that helped you a little bit. Yeah, but from the receiving uh, standpoint, just hasn't been just there terrible. for Landry yeah, this just year. Terrible. But uh, <laughs> you got that as a nice bonus if you decided to start him. Uh, Kenny Galladay today, six catches for 58 yards, facing a lot of defensive attention, which generally regarded as a tough matchup. Uh, you know, Land- Galladay certainly had his ups and downs this year, but looking very promising for next season. Hey, he's a good young wide receiver, no doubt. If they, you know, when they get Marvin Jones back, I think that helps him. Right now, there's really not anybody else that defenses have to key on in that passing game to worry about. So, you know, they definitely put all their attention on him. If they can get some other pieces uh, around him back, I think he'll be much better off next year. Josh Allen, 217 passing yards, uh, one touchdown, two interceptions, only 30 rushing yards. They've kept the rushing yards down for him the last two games. Defense. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I liked him this week. He he kind of burned my butt this week. <laughs> all right, there's a mark on Jim Day's butt. Did it come from Olson Jeffrey? We'll find out next. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, 
or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back here on the Fantasy Football Rewind, it's Scott Engel with my good buddy Jim Day, recapping Week 16 for you, in which I hope you certainly won a Fantasy Football Championship. But, there's still more more money to be won if you want to be the next Daily Fantasy legend. Try DailyRoto.com for free this holiday season, that's right, free advice from Fantasy Pros, free NBA DFS projections. Free optimizer access and free everything else. You need to dominate daily fantasy basketball this holiday season. Stuff your stockings with cold, hard cash and get free access to Daily Roto with the promo code DRHOLIDAYS to access your free trial. That is DailyRoto.com, promo code DRHOLIDAYS. And I know Jim Day is going to spend some of the holidays uh, getting his fantasy basketball action on. Right, Jim? Absolutely. Fantasy basketball, yay. Coming next. Did you grow up a Knicks fan? I did. I did. That's why I don't. I haven't followed basketball in quite a few years now. Right. <laughs> Same reason I got away from baseball, being a Mets fan. Oh, no, I can't do that. I've grew up a Mets fan. I still follow them. What, you didn't pay attention when they went to the World Series a few years ago? No, and that was the only time in the, in the last probably eight years I've, I've watched them at all was when they, they had that good season. Oh, boy. Okay. We need to have a talk with him after the show. About <laughs> He's been hanging around Corey for too long. All right. Uh, three catches for 82 yards uh, for Olshan Jeffrey, who's really showed up these last three weeks. But uh, with Jeffrey, it was, a, it was a year of inconsistency and a year of health. Can you not draft him as a fantasy starter next year? Uh, I don't think I'm going to try and touch him. <laughs> uh, I'll let other people take that plunge. He, he's been so up and down this year. You know, nice finish to the season, I'll grant you that, but uh, before the last three weeks, he had, what, five games where he didn't even get into double digits. Um, it's just, yeah, he's been so inconsistent. And a lot of that falls on this offense. I'm not blaming him that, you know, before these last couple of weeks, this offense, it was so stagnant under Wentz and the play calling. Losing Frank Reich was probably the worst thing that ever happened to this team all year. Marlon Mack uh, scored for the third time in two weeks and the fourth time in three, but only 34 rushing yards after rushing for 139 against a good Dallas defense last week. Uh, This week the Giants came in 27th against the run, and he only had 12 carries for 34 yards. But I think that was game script really because, you know, the team was – was uh, playing from behind. A beautiful comeback win for the Colts. Uh, you saw Naheem Hines get more fantasy numbers than Marlon Mack, but uh, you know probably because of game flow more than anything. 
it, more than likely, yeah, Giants got up early, had that 14 nothing lead before you could even sneeze. Uh, Colts came out looking flat as, as anything and just not doing anything. I did expect Mac to run right through these Giants, but like you said, they got down to that early, early you know, uh, early de- detriment there. And deficit, there you go. That's the word I was thinking for. And it just really threw this whole I, thing I, I know your him. mind doesn't function uh, like you get a little emotional talking about the Giants there. It's okay. <laughs> hey, I'm just glad they lost. There you go. There's a good Giants fan. I'm glad they lost. <laughs> I am. Hey, hey, every watch. win Nick they get, fan who doesn't watch. Every 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 win they get at this point just costs them a couple of draft spots, and it doesn't make any sense to me to lose draft spots. Take what you get. Get the best defensive tackle in the draft and uh, de- defensive tackle. Listen to me. Offensive tackle in the draft and move on. He's getting emotional. He's moving again. Got to got to save him here. Uh, uh, ne- next year, do you think it's uh, just a combination of? Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines, and will Naheem Hines have some more PPR value with more experience as a satellite back? I do. I, I absolutely like him. He, he's played better than most expected him to this year. Uh, not that he's been very consistent, but he's had some big games and showed up quite a few times where he wasn't expected. I think that definitely grows. Mack, I, I expect Mack to have another solid season, and uh, I think Naheem Hines definitely moves into that you know, change of pace role on a more consistent basis next year. Uh, Lamar Miller was ruled out today. Didn't see much from Alfred Blue. Uh, and uh, But we did see Dante Foreman catch a touchdown pass. Is uh, What's the future of this Texans backfield in your eyes? Uh, you, <laughs> we, see, we see Miller back and maybe sharing time with Foreman next year? Look, the the team has liked Foreman. They've always wanted him to, to be a, a big part of this backfield. Uh, he just couldn't stay healthy enough to do it. Uh, I just I don't know what the contract details are for Miller, but I, I would be surprised if they didn't bring him back uh, just because I'm not sure they can count on Alfred Blue as an everyday, every week starter, and Foreman just keeps uh, getting injured. So I, I think they do end up bringing Miller back, and we'll we'll see where it goes from there. But most of it has to fall on this offensive line. It's just been terrible. You think it's a, one of those classic cases of, well, they'll keep the young guy around, but uh, they'll have the veteran just in case, but they want the young guy for the upside. I'm thinking that's exactly what's going to happen. They want to see what, what Foreman can do, except that they need him to stay on the field for long enough for them to see it. All right. Uh, moving right along, Tevin Coleman left early today, and here came Brian Hill out of nowhere with eight carries for 115 yards. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, again, you, you love to see these guys doing this for nothing. No, Nowhere, nobody talked about him. Nobody was even thinking about him. He wasn't in, in any discussion, yet he steps on the field and in eight carries gets 115 yards. Um, just just amazing. That, that's, that's why I love this game because you just never know. There's no more apt saying than any given Sunday. Is he a daily play next week if Coleman is out again? Wow. that's a, Hey, you know what? At, at the price he's probably going to come in, absolutely think he could be in play, uh, especially if Coleman's not out. There's absolutely that chance he, he could do that. Ah, man, that's – but it, – it's going to be able to give you more chalk. There's no doubt about it. I don't expect his cost to be much above the minimum. Uh, and if that happens, you do have him going against Tampa Bay next next week. So it could be in line for him to have a decent game. 
three catches for 35 yards for Brandon Cooks. And uh, the poor, the, the, the disappointing play of Jared Goff uh, has coincided with opponents taking away the deep ball and meaning that we haven't seen much from Brandon Cooks down the stretch. He hasn't had 12 PPR points in his final, his last four games. Yeah, no, and that's exactly right. And it coincides exactly since the bye of, of all the games that Goff has struggled because these defenses have done exactly that. They've gone into that deep zone and they've taken away that deep pass from him. And, you know, that's Cook's, you know, where he earns his bread and butter is with those deep passes, those big plays. You take them away from him, it's going to be hard for him to put up good fantasy weeks. All right, the big story i got to jump to here because – we don't have too much time remaining. Is this the end fantasy-wise for Rob Gronkowski? He was shut out in a fantasy Super Bowl week. Uh, yeah, he he just does. He looks hurt. He he looks bad. He came off the field way too often this week, uh, just so they could get Dwayne Allen in there to block, um, and that just killed him. He he just, I don't know. This could be the last game he's he. He well, not last game. They try and get him through the playoffs, but it could very well be the last season he plays. Just look when when he came into the league, everybody was worried that the back wouldn't hold up. It held up a hell of a lot longer than anybody really thought it would, but it, it might be finally taking its toll. There were actually some whispers of retirement the past off season. Uh, you never know for sure because guys are going to miss the game, and it's up to the individual. But uh, you know, where would you rank Gronkowski coming into next year if he comes back? He's super disappointment this year. He was a super disappointment. But if he comes back next year and he looks like he's healthy in the preseason, then he's going to go high again just because, you know, once you get past those top three, four, there's really nobody else that will even have anywhere close to the upside that he still brings. Uh, will it be risky? Absolutely, it will be risky. He's he's had a good career, but he that you know the injuries are taking their toll. But if he gets a full, healthy off season, he's still going to be up in that discussion. I don't think I could see people discussing him in the top three or him being a a pick in the top f- four rounds. Uh, oh no, no, yeah, to... I totally, I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would be rank, I would all. be ranking guys like Cook and Ebron ahead of him too. So. I, can't I don't know see if I could go the, Cook, Ebron maybe, but I, I don't know if I could go Cook. <laughs> I know Cook's Cook had, had a better re- season. I know. I, I'm not taking anything away from the season Cook has had. Absolutely not. He's had a great season uh, for Oakland, but I, I don't know if I could take Cook over him. Cook well, we has had the, a career that well, has we been certainly, so We can certainly have the debate, though. That, you know, that's, that's how far Gronkowski has started to fall. Nope. Fair enough. Absolutely. Can't argue that either. Yeah. I might not rank him to like seven or eight next year. Robert Foster, uh, four catches for 52 yards in this, this game. Robert Foster really showed up when they activated him off, off the practice squad, uh, you know, in week 10. You know, the guy, the guy all of a sudden had three 90-yard games in his first four uh, starts. And, you know, he got the nine points today in the PPR. That's not disgusting, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, do you think Robert Foster comes back next year and is, is worth a, a pick as a fantasy wide receiver four? I think, well, he's definitely going to be back next year. I think they liked what they saw from him, too. He's a big play guy. Uh, with Josh Allen getting better, I think he definitely comes into play. Um, you know, and he will be in that, you know, wide receiver four, wide receiver five category. Um, you know, but 
it's it's one of those guys that you know he needs to start seeing more targets to really be consistent. We we saw him put up you know the first week against the Jets he had three catches but for 105 yards and he's done that a couple of times. He had two catches against Jacksonville but for 94 yards. Uh, those big play guys they you know they have a tendency to disappear on you. And that's when it hurts you, like he did against Miami, where he had one catch for 27 yards. So it, it, those weeks are going to happen, and that's what's going to make him inconsistent next year. Stefan Diggs actually stayed to manage to stay healthy for a good portion of the season in 2018. But down down the stretch, you know, he he did have four touchdown catches in his last six games, but he didn't reach 100 yards in his last five. He had uh, he had four 100 yard games all year. He didn't catch more than five passes in his last four. Uh, will Stefan Diggs be overrated going into next year? I don't think he'd be overrated just because of the way he's finishing out the season. I think, you know, people look back and see this, you know, stretch of five games where he didn't top 100 yards. He did score in three of five of them, but he's always been a guy that's been more touchdown dependent uh, than anything else. And that's what we're seeing from him now. He's still a good wide receiver, but this. Minnesota offense has some kinks to work out going into next season. Need to get Cousins playing better. And, again, we talked about it. This offensive line was so beat up this year and just not consistent at all. I think they need to make some changes there as well. Trey Burton, five touchdown catches in his first nine games and then only one in his last seven. Five catches for 30 yards. Uh, you know, In his last seven games, he had just one double-figure PPR performance. Uh, when we talked about Nagy's offense, we thought Burton was going to step forward and play like a tight end one, and he certainly didn't do that this year. Well, uh, talk about Trey Burton and your outlook for him for next year, too. Uh, I think he'll get better. I, I wasn't a, as huge a fan coming into the season as most were. This is a guy that, you know, before this season, throughout college and, and last year, had never caught more than 35 balls in any given season. So, you know, he did eclipse that this year but not by a whole hell of a lot. Uh, he's been very inconsistent. And like you said, the, the finish here has been weak for this entire Chicago offense, and it's really taken him down uh, in a big way. He had three straight weeks, I think 11 weeks, 11, 12, and 13, where he didn't even top five fantasy points. Um, you know, And then he was out against in week 13 against Giants, and then he came back in week 14 against the Rams and had like 4.2, 4.3 points, something like that. Um, so he, he's, he's definitely been hurting fantasy owners down the stretch, and more than likely uh, it, it wasn't even in the discussion of being started this week. If you took the shot on Kalen Balaj, you got burned. Four carries yes. for 10 yards, two catches for 39 yards. Uh, we had warned on Sunday morning that uh, you know the Jacksonville defense, outside of that uh, outside of the game against Derrick Henry, had played really well in their last five games against the run. Uh, no 100-yard rushers, no touchdown runs, and that there was too small of a sample size. You know, there was a lot of narratives about how bad the Jacksonville one defense had had looked recently, but that was one game out of six. Yeah, right, and that's exactly right. The, the defense as a whole has actually had a good season. The, the problem is they just haven't had the greatest fantasy season uh, because they haven't had as many big plays as they had last year. 
Uh, they didn't have as many takeaways. They didn't have as many defensive touchdowns. You know, all those things that made them the number one fantasy defense last year, they didn't have this year. So, you know, when, when people talk about them not being a good defense, a lot of times that's a good fantasy defense to them. And you could be a, a, you know, a good fantasy defense and not a good NFL defense and vice versa. And that's what we saw this year. They weren't a great fantasy defense, but they were still a great NFL defense. Jimmy Graham, three catches for 34 yards and only one touchdown in his final eight games, only one game over 50 yards. Jimmy Graham was easily one of the biggest busts of this season. He caught 10 touchdown passes last year, and while he certainly is not the player that he was in New Orleans, uh, I, can't say, I can't say one of the biggest busts, but just uh, you know, definitely one of the biggest busts in his position. I don't think anybody expected Jimmy Graham to be in that George Kittle, Travis Kelsey discussion anymore, but I think they certainly thought he was number five. But throughout the second half of the year, you couldn't even start him. And the more disappointing thing about him was is that Aaron Rodgers had nobody else besides Devontae Adams to throw to, and he still couldn't find this guy open. I don't know if it was he couldn't find this guy open. It just looked like he didn't have any any eyes for anybody but Adams. Uh, I mean, you still had those good young wide receivers. He wasn't looking at them either. Uh, you know, a lot of this came down to just Aaron Rodgers not playing good football uh, basically for the second half of the season. I mean, he comes out and has a great game today, but how many people benched him today uh, because of what he's done leading up to this? And, you know, with that went Graham. Graham had a nice start to the season. I think he had, oh, man, I, I think six out of his first what, eight games, I think, were double digits and then just fell off the charts. Yeah, he was a huge disappointment the second half. I Watching the Packers, I can't recall him or anybody but Devontae Adams really getting open that much. Yeah, no, I, I can't say, you know, I, I don't know what to, to tell you there. I did expect more. Uh, looks like I'm going to have to buy Corey a bottle of scotch. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a hard <laughs> one, too. That second half. All right. Uh, thanks for listening to us during this fantasy football season on the, the Fantasy Football Rewind. Uh, Jim, it's been a pleasure recapping the games with you every week. Uh, you too, Scott, and to everybody out there. I hope you won your championship. And uh, even not, Merry Christmas to you all and Happy New Year. Yes, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Festivus, all of that. We'll see you again soon. <laughs>